Let's transition and talk a little bit of football. Uh, the Bears lost yesterday Monday night on Monday Night Football. They gave Kirk Cousins his first win in prime time, which that lets you know how bad this season is going. What was the score? 13 and 19, Ryan? Am, am I correct? Yes, 19 to 13. 19 to 13 uh, for the Vikings. Uh, Nick Foles got hurt at the end of the game. Uh, this was poetry in motion, to say the least. Um, I did think the Bears could win the game, and the Bears actually could. They, the Bears' defense is playing run, uh, it, it run uh, stopping. The last two games has been phenomenal. Um, to sit there and keep Dalvin Cook under 100 yards after he's rushed for 200 the last two games, um, and, and it's been mentioned as an MVP, to stop Derrick, basically stop Derrick Henry the week before. You know, and this team has been getting gashed in ways since last season. They've been good defense, but their run defense hasn't been what it was two years ago in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, but to see them step up defensively was definitely rewarding. Uh, to see Cordero Patterson um, lead this team in, in the way that he's doing offensively from the kickoff returns, also from coverage, uh, to listen. And it's the thing, too. I'm going to be honest with you. Everybody keep giving um, David Montgomery uh, plaudits over plaudits over plaudits. I know he's a rough rider. I'll tell you that. But you saw just a little bit with Lamar Miller how he's he he got low in those holes. You saw like when we always say like David Montgomery's getting hit. And the offensive line did play better, a little bit better. But David Montgomery's always getting hit in the backfield. Sometimes I'm telling you, sometimes it's his vision and where he thinks he's supposed to be going. Sometimes the, the, the offensive lines are terrible. I'm not putting that everything on David Montgomery, but just pointing out even with Cadero Patterson, sometimes with Montgomery. He's, he's dancing, and it doesn't look like dancing is what we would call dancing, but he's hesitant in his moves, and sometimes I feel like he chooses uh, necessarily the, the, the wrong gap to necessarily be in. Um, this Can is I the best part. Jump on, Go ahead. Uh, Go on, jump on, jump on, real quick. Go ahead. That's a third-round pick, and like you said, he's got some dog to him. He's got some break tackle. Like He has value, but mm. there's just no playmaking, and he misses holes a lot. And right. I'm just wondering – that's a third round pick. I mean, that's not that's not a nothing. That's and you moved up to get for the next five Didn't years. They? Yeah, Did they move up. They moved yeah, up they to get him. Up. Yes, right. And we never saw him in the passing game. Had, Go ahead. Yeah, they had no picks themselves, and they traded up to get it. So, and that was the whole point of that draft. It, it, the Bears needed a running back. Supposedly, Dave Montgomery was Matt Nagy's guy. He's the perfect Kareem Hunt equivalent. But Kareem Hunt can't run away from people. Like, <laughs> I don't know exactly what uh, what the Bears have been doing at that running back position. I just don't get it. I mean, how many skill positions have can you say that Ryan Pace has been good at necessarily solving when it comes to uh, uh, picking up guys? Like, that he drafted, not that he signed a free agency. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely say the same thing right there, that they failed to address and figure out whatever the problems are at the skill position. And even if anybody would bring up Allen Robinson, does anyone remember when John Fox was here and they had, like, a signing of Marcus Wheaton and, like, a few of these other guys and they were going to be your top three receivers? And the Bears easily had the worst receiving core all season long in the NFL, like – he always takes two steps backwards with whatever signing, drafting, doesn't matter. I'm looking for, because it's a comp I want to say, a comp that I want to say I have for who I believe David Montgomery is. 
and I'm trying to find who was the running back around, if you can remember, that the Chiefs let go of LT for. He ended up playing for uh, the Eagles. Ryan Matthews. Uh, Ryan Matthews. He ended up playing for – yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, that's who David Montgomery – listen, that's who David Montgomery better hope he can be. Now, Matthews had some injury problems, but he reminds me of that dude, like someone who's straight – and we keep waiting for him to be yeah. like that dude. But it's like, you know what? He's straight. Like, and I, I, I'm just, I'm tired of people caping for him because some of that is him. All right. Like some of that is hit the hole and go. But really that's, that's, that's some small potatoes compared to the gloriousness of what took place yesterday. Listen, you turn on, it started like what? Last week or the week before you started on national TV, national uh, talk of heads blasting them with, it just breaks the grace. You know why? Because the McCaskey that, right? Like once you let's see if it's only in the city thing. When nationally they like, what the hell is going on in Chicago? Ah, now we got you. Listen, and I hope the Bears don't win another game this year, right? Me too. Me if too. The, if the Bears don't, if the Bears probably finish under five hundred for sure, I think Matt Nagy's out of here. Now you open to show up with saying the truth. The real issue is Ryan Pace. No, no, Matt is a big issue, right? But see, if we're trying to get to the cancer, we got to get all of the yeah. cancer. Right. right? We, you want, you gotta we got to remove the tumor. tumor. Right. You'd be like, yeah, just cut half of that tumor out. Just half of it now. Leave a little, leave, you got to leave a little bit of that tumor. Or old line that Biggie said about uh, about a, a pistol or a gun. He's like, uh, don't fill the gun in those, those, those bullets room to breathe, right? Which is like, no, nah, BS. Fill the gun up all the way just in case, right? Like, you want to sit there and get all the cancer out. And the truth is, Ryan Pace has led this shit show. All right? And has he done some good things? Yes. Um, some drafting-wise. I can't lie. But a lot of the good things come from covering his own ass and sign, signing a, a Khalil Mack when you thought you had an a, um, a all-pro in Leonard Floyd that you, you moved up to get. Actually, you know what I'm saying? So it's just compounding the, these, these, these issues to see that. And I, I will say this. I know people was like the offense, whatever with offense, that offense looked a little bit better yesterday. Yeah. Just to be honest with you. It did. It looked <laughs> well it, between the twenties. It looked better. That's the, the girl, I'm, happy, I'm so happy you said that. Cause I would have forgotten that part. Cause that's actually what I was thinking yesterday, Ryan, they look good in between the twenties, but when they got to the red zone, it was stagnant. They didn't know what they were doing, but also, Nick Foles was bad yes. too. Yes. Nick Foles was bad. So it just, but I, if you if moving forward, I would say let Bill Lazor call these call these games, right? That was that's what I, I would say. He more rhythm to it, and the plays made more sense. And he played to the strengths, but your quarterback couldn't complete it. Now that pass right. that Miller, the Miller should have had that pass, right? Even though the hesitancy. Yes, Nick Foles waited too long, just like with the um with the pass to Jimmy Graham. Don't get it. Horrible. Like, I don't know. Listen, I now I know he's shell shocked from getting beat up, but you still got to you still got to throw a man open and not wait for him to get open. You know what I'm saying? It was like so early in the game, like you haven't been beat up that much. You can't step right. up and make a throw now. My goodness, and you miss him by a mile. Man, Nick and Jimmy Foles. Graham, this massive human being, you miss him by a mile. And Jimmy Graham hasn't been giving it a hundred, uh, but um, still, Nick Foles, man, was playing like done doo doo. All right, um, I'm, 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 I'm not happy he got hurt, 
be interesting to see Mitch get back out there. Hey, he can't. Shoulders listen, hurt. He's listen, done for who knows. I don't care what happens right now. Listen, get, make, yeah. it bad enough, make it bad enough so we don't have to watch it. Right. Get Tyler Breen back. Let's get to that point. <laughs> it's like, man, we don't even go, we're not going to talk about it on the show. What's the point of watching it? But it's but the reason why it's good that this is happening is for us fans. They can't hide behind the BS. And this is what we need. We need to fumigate this house. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And this will make give the chance to fumigate it. Instead of sitting here and trying to, you know, we, we, we're cleaning the house up. We put the we put the bomb in one part of the house, but upstairs when we put the bomb up, so the critters are now upstairs. Right. As soon as the fumigation leaves, they're gonna bring their ass back downstairs. No, no, right. Whole house. All right. Like now, you, I, you went to Home Depot, got these cheap ass like no, we need the circus tent up right, now. Right, right. And listen, it's to the point where we may just raise the house. All right. Just bulldoze the whole damn thing. Right. Yeah, these bugs ain't going. They they're, they're part of the foundation. It's just, it's time. And I'll tell you why it's time. It's time because you still have a window with this defense. That's one thing Ryan Pace has done. You look at Jalen Johnson, all right? You look bringing in Gibson. And not to say that Gibson is going to be here for the, for the long haul, but you, you sit here, you, you you look at how well uh, Roquan has been balling out. Danny Trevathan all of a sudden. is back. Right? And listen, especially he better been after Nick Kukowski got that interception that that long interception the other day. I was like, I remember, I was like, was that Nick Kukowski? <laughs> Damn that Nick Kukowski. Hey, Kukowski. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's time. And listen, shout out to my former host D. Never been a Mad Nagy guy. Guess what, D? Nope. You were right. You were right. <laughs> you were right, bro. You were right. You know, wrong. Ken, uh, one thought that I had yesterday. And this is to me why you got to fire Ryan Pace. It's really that simple. There's kind of just two ways of doing it in terms of winning in the NFL. You build such a perfect team that an average enough quarterback can maybe lead you there. Or you identify the quarterback that will lead you there because he's so talented and he'll make things up. You know, I'm watching that game and we talked about that miss to Jimmy Graham. It's like, just pretend Russell Wilson was here. Like, he doesn't mm-hmm. miss that throw. Mm-hmm. All these these little drops and penalties and miscommunication, that stuff gets erased if you're throwing multiple 50-yard touchdown passes in a game. I mean, right. that, there's just no margin for error, right? So, Ryan Pace, well, what did you do in terms of, let's stick with that first thing that I mentioned, building a perfect team. He has not built a perfect team. He's built a good special teams. He's built a really good defense. This offense is the guys he picked that he mm-hmm. wanted here. Why can't we get rid of Charles Leno Jr. and Bobby Massey? Well, because he overpaid them like crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the quarterbacks. He wanted Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky. Those were everything is Ryan Bases design. So he's not good enough to build a perfect right. Not good enough to build a perfect team. And then let's look at the other side. What has he done to try to find that special quarterback? Well, he whiffed on two in the draft. He signed Mike Lennon and paid him a bunch of money to do that. He traded for Nick Foles inexplicably because he is just exactly what we thought he would be. He got benched behind Gardner Minshew, and even Jacksonville doesn't want Gardner Minshew as their quarterback long term. You watch your Gardner Minshew, the second slander. You know they're going for Trevor if he's there. Listen. The second and his father is there is no first. All right. I'll, g- I'll give you this. I'll take Gardner on this team in a heartbeat. 
I bet you would. I bet you would. But those jokes. Oh my on. god! Yeah. Listen, oh, yeah, um, that's what it comes down to. But, but my point said, overall yeah. is just that he hasn't done it either way, either building it correctly around the quarterback mm-hmm. or identifying quarterback. He's only drafted one. And we're supposed to trust him in this all-important quarterback draft class to just suddenly figure it out? Like, come on. Man, we may get our boy, though. Now we back in the race, right? We back in the trailer. <laughs> listen, this has been, listen, if this season could go from being five and one, right, to where it's and been a stressful five and one, this has been the oh most. Oh, gosh. None of these games felt good, but go from that and thinking, man, they're going to make it to the playoffs and get their ass bounced, and it's going to look like they actually did something, to they now they're getting exposed and we can get our quarterback. I'm totally <laughs> I know. Totally like, good. we always said in our group chat, they could definitely make the playoffs, and honestly, they still could if right. things turned around or they got lucky, but the best case – Lose the rest of these games. Don't even right. sniff a victory. So sweet, so sweet. Give me. This? Let's leapfrog the Cowboys in the in the draft. How really, about that? Look, totally. Look, and the fact that if they and I had them on my fantasy team, and I'm not even a Dak Prescott fan, and the fact that you see how valuable Dak Prescott was to the Cowboys, he kept that floundering squad oh, in every my God. game. Don't do who honestly, honestly. Who the hell is um what's what's the running back for the I mean, how did it just blanked out on uh, Ezekiel Zeke. Elliott? Oh, who the hell is Ezekiel? You pay him? Right. You you first, first. running back. Running back. You first pay guy pays running back. Oh my god. I can see him in Cabo assaulting somebody right now. But uh, <laughs> like, yeah, imagine man. just Dak Prescott on this team. Like we don't even know if Dak is a top ten guy. He might be, might not be. With this defense and how he plays, oh lord! It'd be sweet. We'd be, you know what we'd be doing right now? We'd be like just like foaming at the mouth that this is the bye week right before the Packers. We mm. would be like, oh baby, I can't wait. You know who and Dak Prescott is? Physically not the same because Dak can run a little bit, but Dak Prescott is like Kirk Cousins with his shit together. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like he's not like great. That. But he, listen, if Kirk Cousins really had his shit together, you'd be like, that's my quarterback, right? You'd be like, you may not, he may not be Brady or Russell Wilson or Patrick yeah. Mahomes, but that, that guy right there, we good. But we don't have to worry about that, that slot right there. You know what I'm saying? And that's what Dak is. You know what? We don't have to worry about it. And it's, I hate to say it, it's good that the Cowboys have to face that they spent all this money on all this trash and he was the, stir, the straw that stirred the drink, right. right? He kept them, he kept that train on the rails and just look at it totally fall off the rails after he got hurt like this. Somehow the Cowboys didn't get the memo that quarterback is the most important position. That's the one you got to fix and pay. Right. <laughs> Everybody else. Right. Everybody else doesn't. I run it. Listen, I know Zeke, especially a few years ago, man, off the charts. But man, I'm not, I'm not giving you that money, bro. <laughs> like, I, dog, these kids come out every year now, right? You look at what Jacobs is doing, uh, Ed, Edzler is doing. Like, you can do Nick Chubb, you can get one of these cats. Yeah, right. All right? You could get Travis Etienne right now. Right. After the exactly. I, was, I was searching for Etienne. You, like you just said, you can get Etienne right now. Dog, this Insul- I mean, uh, um, Clyde Insulaire, what's what's his whole name? I'm getting, I'm just stumbling on it. The, the, uh, the, the, um, oh, the kids. Clyde's Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, Clyde's Edwards Hilaire. Thank you. Uh, when you look at him from LSU last year and the fact that 
he was taken with the last pick in the first round. That means he was there for everybody, right? He was there for everybody. You could get you one of those, to say the least. And even look at the Raiders. I think that was the same draft where they got Josh Jacobs. Maybe it's the year before, and they did it uh, around 20. Like, yeah, you can get those running backs, and maybe get them younger. Right. So, yeah, I I wouldn't wouldn't have given them that. But getting back to the Bears, um, it is upsetting. I'm sure you're upset. But there there is a little bit of rainbow in this this, this situation. And Mm -hmm. if you listen to us, I'm giving it to you. There's something to be happy. If you really want to see this team win a championship, you know we can't go on with this 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 false administration, right? Right? We like you. It's not right. going to happen. And it just we're going to wait. We'll give give Ryan Pace a decade at trying this. When all of us know he's not that cat. That and cat. I think both of us don't think he's necessarily bad. He's just not, not good. He's he just have, an average GM at best. He should be someone that is 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 in charge of some personnel. No, he should be in charge of pro personnel. All right, because that's something that he he can't hit on. And he should he should have some. He should be in a draft room, uh, not just with the right. first two rounds, specifically the first, specifically the first one. He should, but he needs someone to be over him to tell him no. You know, he right. just can't have a full run of the decision making because he that's just not his forte. Uh, for the most part, particularly when we're talking about higher up in the draft, when and those are the listen. Everyone can whiff on a first round pick. You can't consistently whiff on them because you end up having to overpay free agents to cover up your whiffing. So again, it, this, this it's Bears fans is a suck that our Sundays are, are, are spent watching this team and thinking about what could have been. Yeah, but in your heart of hearts, you know what could have been was never going to become. It was never going to come to fruition. So it's just let's stop lying to ourselves, like we said in the early segment about some other folks. Let's be realistic. Let's get rid of Nagy. Let's get rid of Ryan Pace. Let's give this organization to one some some great personnel person. All right, bump them right. up, and let's let's run it like a first rate operation. Like that's that's the real thing. This needs to be run like a first rate operation. Let's stop running it like it, it, it's not the charter right. uh, team in the NFL. Let's run it with like some pride. Cleveland or something. Or like Good point. Cincinnati like Cleveland. or something. But you know what? Even Cleveland at times throughout, uh, like Carmen Policy, like they've at times, it just didn't work. They put a great mind at the figurehead in that organization, right? It just didn't come to fruition, right? And so even an organization like that, and that's, that's a couple owners ago, you still see they they gave it a, they gave it a real go at it in trying to get it right. I, we've never had that here where someone wasn't getting promoted, really, or learning on the job. They got barred somebody, a Bill Polian, right? They've never been the person, the same type of team that would bring in a Bill Polian, and they need to bring in a Bill Polian type now. That's what they really need to do. They need to stop this. Uh, you got to def- this defense can be good for three more years at least, and it, there's going to be some overturn. But you got three more years with this defense. Give it that, give that young quarterback, get him in here on the cheap. All right, right. So you you still got more cash. Let's let's get some offensive Beep line. Up that there. line that pushes people. And right. Let's move it. So yeah, man. I, I was sitting there and I was watching. Um, I was I forgot what I was watching. I was watching. Uh, NFL countdown or the, the NFL uh, show that comes on before the game, and uh, they were talking about how basically defenses are like that's a that's a trick scheme, a razzle dazzle, all right. Defense like they try to trick you, and they, I mean offenses, offensive lines. What I'm mean to say in running game, but they, there's nothing to it. They're not punching you in the mouth. 
Um, it's just Matt Nagy doesn't know what he's doing. That's just true for the matter, Matt. Matt Nagy doesn't know. You, you took somebody that Andy Reid had just started giving real responsibilities right. to. Right. Right? And you gave him a whole team. He's he not should have been a caller. Right. Look, we should have known. This is what should have happened. He should have been offensive coordinator, right? We would have, would have found out he sucked, and we would have been like, at the end of the year, we got to get another get an OC, right? But to give a guy that, yeah, he was he was the OC, but he wasn't the play caller. So he's only OC in title, not OC in duties, all right? You you can't do that. It doesn't make sense. And, it's, and I've been a person that said, I love Matt Nagy. So I was wrong. All right, so let me let me Ditto. let me come let me come to the courts floor and, and say that. But look, I can. Look, but just the crazy thing, I as a person, I, as Kenneth Ken sit here and be like, man, I said this about Nad Matt Nagy, so you know I'm not gonna call for him to get fat. No, I just own up to being wrong. Like it's, it's so easy in this world to if you make a mistake, especially if you didn't call someone there's life and you didn't uh, commit a crime, just own up to it and keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to D again. Uh, D was right. I want to make sure I give D as, as many applause as possible uh, because uh, he definitely always said that. And now Matt Nagy has proven him correct that, you know, this dude, I wouldn't let you be my OC. I, like, I may let you be a quarterback's coach, right? Like, that's that, I may let you do that. But I wouldn't even let you be my OC now, man, because you you just, you all messed up. Y'all shook well, up. It sucks, too, like, I don't want to defend Matt Nagy at all. I feel exactly how you feel. But, you know, if Ryan Pace maybe got him an offensive line that could punch someone in the mouth, maybe. He 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 didn't want to run run the rock. I get it, but maybe he'd use it more. Or if he had a quarterback that could throw the ball accurately. I mean, not. I don't want to make it sound like Matt Nagy is just going to be better, but how well can you do with terrible personnel? You know damn well Matt Nagy told Ryan Pace to get in their folds. That was on hey, Matt Nagy, too. Oh, uh, that's totally fine. All right, but I'm so, sure Matt Nagy told him, get rid of Mitch. <laughs> I'm, listen, I'm, I, I can agree with that. But you know what? The thing is what we're getting to is the, now since Mitch hasn't been there, and yes, offensive line has been bad, but it exposes that it just wasn't Mitch. Like that's the thing. And also if it exposes that it just wasn't Mitch, what was Matt Nagy doing for Mitch? Because if we're saying Matt Nagy can't coach, then he can't raise up a quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like he he can't help a quarterback mature. And like you know, some matriculate into what you want him to be. Like that doesn't like he's being exposed. And if yep. he, if he's being exposed, it's not. A, when I just said he can be an OC, I'm, I'm going to the things that I could trust him with. I think I could trust him to be in a quarterback room. Uh, being a guy that was a quarterback in the arena league, being in the quarterback room and poured out some things and maybe help a quarterback because he's not the guy calling the plays, you know what I'm saying? He's not the head man. But outside of that, I don't I don't trust Matt Nagy with, with a lot. You know what I'm saying? I, I hate to say that, but it's really just the truth. Like, and I I'm just I'm not I'm not caping for him, man. He he hasn't proven diddly squat. And if he did not get out to such an unexpected jump that first season. His ass, it, he, his ass would be done after this year. Clearly, he'd be done, and it wouldn't just be a question. It'd be a fact. I agree. I agree. I just wonder if maybe different team, does he have a slightly better perspective? But I guess it really doesn't matter much in the end. But it, it's great. I, hate, I just hate how, you know, it's a common theme. I thought Lovey got the short end of the stick, too. How many years of endless first-round busts that were not good picks, and Lovey had to deal with how many teams that were a little bit under-talented 
And I don't want to make a ton of excuses for Lovey because I thought he needed to go too. He was to have to go. It was to have to go. And like everybody that we've seen in Chicago has been at best average. You know, would really help a coach if the GM could actually put together a really great team. I'll, I'll say this too, just real quick, to to to, to 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 jump on the Lovey point. Let's not forget that there was a point where Lovey gained some power. So even some of those picks, we gotta look at Lovey a little bit. Because Lovey, after going to that Super Bowl, had more control of this team. That's why uh, Riverboat Ron was ex was was was, yeah, was, right. was sent to packing because Lovey didn't want him behind him. Which also was a flaw of Lovey because Lovey never wanted to hire anybody that was good enough to take his job in case he had those lean years where if you had a good uh, assistant uh, or coordinator behind you, someone would promote that coordinator. So I'm, I don't want to just sit there and make it seem like everything was 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 cool with Lovey. There was also even when it gets to the drafting, he had some input into that draft. But um, no the doubt. thing with Ryan Pace, and I think this is um, this is why you really can't trust him. He can't self-evaluate. Period. Mm-hmm. Can't self. He doesn't. I don't know if his ego, or he just can't do it. But he can't. Ooh. Good question. He yeah, he can't self-evaluate. Like you, and you, you, you'll be lying to yourself if you, if you thought he he could. From last year, see, and last year the excuse was Mitch. So I was like, man, damn it, if I had his quarterback here. But even back then, I can remember hearing. Dan Bernstein say, I don't know what the hell this offense is, right? Like, what is exactly is this offense? You know what I'm saying? And it's it's got a lot of razz- – old Bear fans know it's got a lot of razzle-dazzle on it. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's, it's never like actually, only razzle-dazzle. Actually, I don't even know if it's got a, if it's got any dazzle. It may have a it's little razzle. It's like a steak when it's, like, super fatty. And right. it's just like, oh, I got to eat all uh, this fat. There's no right. muscle here. <laughs> like it's all razzle dazzle all the time. Yeah, just bristle. I, I just I don't know. It it just it's insanity to me. Like Ryan Pace has built probably the worst offense I've ever seen in my lifetime. It's not a question. It's not a question. This there I have never, I don't believe in my and dude, I've seen Harbaugh and all he had was 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 Tom Waddle, right? Uh, and like so I've seen some bad Tom Waddle. Yeah, I've seen some bad getting clicking. Listen. He got his clock clean, but he held on to that rock, right? Like, he may have been out cold. Tom Waddle held on to that rock. Don't ever let anybody fool you about Tom Waddle. Tom oh, Waddle's no. Tom tough Waddle's as nails, right? But um, slow slow is paced, but tough as nails. But um, I see some terrible Bears offenses. And I said this to myself two to three weeks ago. It's not a question. It's the worst Bears offense I've ever seen in my life. And, the, the you know, it's compounded by the fact that they got talent on the team. This makes yeah. it even worse. They got skilled players that are, that are decent, at, at least. You know, Allen Robinson is better than decent. Um, Jimmy Graham, I don't know how, how. Jimmy Graham, I watch Jimmy Graham's body language a lot, and I'd be like, I don't think I could trust that MF. <laughs> you know, definitely great. Player. But Darnell Mooney with a good scheme, you don't think this dude would be exploding on the scene here? Right, right, dude. Like, all you need, dude, is to sit there. Uh, you need to, you need to, you got to get offensive line with a free agency. I don't know who you got to cut, right? But you got to get a, I, I don't know how much, and I know when we were sitting there, um, I was on uh, Sean of mine and Lester Wilfong from uh, 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 Windy City Gridiron was on, and I asked him about the uh, the, 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 the uh, money for, um, what's the other? Um, Bobby Mather, Charles Lennon. No, the edge rusher, they brought, Robert Quinn. Oh, Robert Quinn. And uh, he said, you know, Robert Quinn, I think he, after next year is when the money isn't necessarily prohibitive of you getting rid of him, which I knew, right? But he also pointed out this. I'll say this. 
He said that Robert Quinn hasn't been given a chance because we all know, basically, he didn't say this, but I'll, I'll paraphrase it. Uh, he's not a run stopper, right? He, and the Bears haven't been able to stop the run. So we haven't really been given Robert Quinn because he hasn't been out there basically in a situation, and also because of the offense. This is, a real, this is the point he made. I said the run stopper point. He made the fact that the Bears haven't been basically playing from ahead because we know from growing up, when you play from ahead, you let those edge rushers, rushers pin their ears back I'm just telling you from playing football, it's nothing better than a coach telling you, don't worry about nothing, just rush the quarterback. Like, don't worry about right. the running back. Don't worry about what he's done. No, 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 don't even worry about that. Just go. It's like when your coach tells you that, you're like, for real? Right? Like, he tells you have no responsibility, just go. You're like, okay, great. Like, and you, 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 you sit there and they, those edge rushers haven't been put in this position because they've been playing from behind basically majority of the season. Right. Actually, I think majority of the season for the most part. I mean, so, even when they go, they have to have in the back of their mind, don't go too hard and make a mistake because then we get a touchdown game over. Right. Because we know offensively we can't do anything. Um, but, yeah, they have to. They have to. And think about it, the cap is probably shrinking because of the pandemic. Uh, but they got to get offensive alignment in the draft and through free agency. That's just the truth of the matter. That's one way to start to shore this up. But this is a this is more than one season because you definitely got to get rid of uh, Charles Leno Jr. Like, and I know that you can't get rid of you may not be able to get rid of him next year. You can kind of solidify the stuff around him, but after next year, he needs to be on his way down the street. And I mean, I don't care where down the street is as long as it's not Chicago. Hey, and Ken, to add to that, if maybe you have to put a very expensive Charles Leno Jr. on the bench because you're forced to draft another tackle and he's playing better. That's what you do. That's yeah, your and, mistake, and you live with that, with Leno being on the bench. And listen, even even more of what you're saying, and like you're saying, who really would really want to do that? One, if you clean out Ryan Pace, the next guy didn't sign him. He can do whatever he wants to. But what you would do have still with Leno on the bench, and again, I don't see, I don't know how 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 punitive the rest of his money is as far as dead cat money. I, I want to look into that. We'll, we'll guess we'll kind of have that for you for the next show. But if you did do that, um, you would have a, a very talented swing tackle down there. You know what I'm saying? For Because I'm saying a bench guy. If Charles Leno was a bench guy, but it's hard to have a bench guy making the type of money. And he doesn't make supreme tackle money. You know what I'm saying? No. He, makes, he makes some straight, some real straight tackle money, but he doesn't make tackle, tackle money. Uh, but it's whatever. enough money to make you want to throw up with how much yeah. you're committed to him. Right, especially years on top of that. And, and especially you throw the other right tackle. He just has another contract that you can't break out of on top of it. Right. So if I had to deal with a kid to keep one of them, I would probably prefer to keep Massey. You know, some people would say that they wouldn't necessarily agree with that. Um, but, yeah, they, this these are the things that you must do. I would say they're not even the things you need to do. These are must-haves as far as correcting this team and taking advantage of the window that you still have while it, it's somewhat open. Exactly. Uh, all right, let's switch over to a little bit of the boys of summer. Um, found out today that Theo Epstein, president for the Cubs, uh, on the, is he president for the, for, on the baseball operations side? Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Theo, who everyone knew was going to step down next year because he believes in only having a decade run with the franchise. Uh, this was his ninth year. Decided to do the right thing uh, and step down now and let Jed Hoyer be the guy to, to make the decisions that are going to be basically – how the Cubs move for the next five years as far as what are you going to do with the core players um, and, and who are you going to trade? And he, he gave him David Ross. 
Uh, and which looks definitely like it's a, a good pickup. His manager's better than, than my manager that I got is drinking and driving and with. Say, man, I'm a, I'm a made man. You see this ring right here? Harold Baines. Harold Baines. I'm a made person. You trying to embarrass me? You know, you know, who Jerry Ryan stuff is. But anyway. you see this ring. <laughs> so, uh, Theo stepped down, um, and he's gonna let Jed decide the future of the Cubs since Jed was gonna be here anyway. He's going to let him be the head decision maker, which I think I'll tell you why I think is admirable, because if Theo didn't, let's just say they, they did whatever, because the, the stuff that's coming out of the Cubs is about to make some moves. Uh, whatever took place, if it was really good, would have always been given to Theo. So let's just say the Cubs are in the World Series again in four years. Right. People wouldn't say that that's Jed's team out there. They'd be like, that was the those are the guys that Theo had traded for before he left. Right. Mm-hmm. This now gives the legend Jed fully step from under the shadow. Yes, I mean, we would think he had some input into the David Ross hire, but still, you know what people say about managers, and he got a good manager. Uh, but if, as far as when it comes to what you're going to do with those core players, I know if I was Jed, I would want to be able to decide it because I would hate for Theo to make a mistake, um, and especially if he, if he had – if he chose the mistake and it wasn't mine, but I will have to live for it as the new president moving forward. Well, you're the Cubs fan here, so what what were your thoughts? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, bittersweet because obviously losing Theo, I mean, the guy brought us a championship. Can't, uh, can't ever say anything negative about Theo. It just it sucks that it kind of spoiled out in the end where – and we talked about this. We talked about this, you know, all the time, and I was going to bring it up earlier. You know, the Cubs fans were happy we got the World Series. We're a little bitter that it didn't play out as smoothly as it did that first World Series and that we just never got back, really. And even though they got to another NLCS, it, it was always clear that it's the Dodgers' time. Like, they're they're the team to beat every year in the NL right now. So it, it's it's definitely feeling like a, a proper time to have a fresh start and have a separation because the Cubs, you know, they probably headed for a rebuild unless they can figure out some trades that make them stay afloat in the the short term and you know maybe through some drafts. I know uh, we got the kid from Chicago at shortstop. You know, maybe some of these young, young, young guys start stepping up because right now that the AAA and AA level. There's just not a lot of guys that can come in and, and be big-time players for you at the major league level. Uh, and with Jed, too, we'll see what he can do. You know, he's learned under Theo a lot. I, I think that the Cubs are in a good spot in terms of being structurally organized moving forward. So it's at least a positive where we just talked about with the Bears even if they were looking for a new GM, how are they going to do it? Because they don't know what they're doing. So that same irritating process is probably going to play out the same way every time with the Cubs. It kind of feels like maybe there's some stability now. And with Jed, who's he going to bring in to kind of fill in his spot as general manager? Uh, maybe are there some guys that are up and coming with this staff? Cause I think like the Cubs kind of need some new ideas and some new approaches. Cause they, uh, they have a bunch of guys that can hit you know, home runs, but they're not really hitting home runs and they're just striking out a lot. And your pitching is aging out really quick without a lot of replacements. So it's a tough job. And I don't envy what Jed's going to have to do. And I just wonder how he's going to approach it maybe differently than Theo. And to your point, 
probably a good thing overall, an admirable thing from Theo to step down and let uh, Jed do it how he wants to do it. Because you're right, like you are at that crossroad where whoever makes the next decisions, like you're you're on the line. If Theo made the decisions to trade a bunch of people, you know, Jed might be on the line because he's the only one there. But everyone's going to look back at those as being Theo moves. Now, it's like you said, these are Jed moves. What does Jed think is the best way to get the Cubs back to competing? And that's going to be the other weird thing, too. They won the NL Central last year. Like, you're supposed to be a division winner. How much can you really change? How much do you want to subtract? And being a realistic Cubs fan, you know a decent amount of change has to happen for them to really start getting back to World Series contenders in the NL, at least. Look, let me ask you this. Now, he may want to go out and, and make a name for himself, uh, but what about with Jason McLeod? I know he was a finalist for the Angels job. What about him just making him the general manager uh, since he already has such a good relationship with uh, Hoyer? Yeah, I mean, Jason McLeod's been talked about as a very hot GM candidate in years past, especially a few years ago, right around 15, 16. Uh, I think that would be great. You know, it, it maybe that's more of Theo's guy than Jed's guy, and he wants to go somewhere else. But certainly I heard the favorite for the Angels job is not at all Jason McLeod. You know, why not keep Jason here and continue that stability? And I'm sure with how well they work together, you would think that synergy might be more efficient and hasten some things up. But we'll see what happens. I, I like Jason McLeod, though. It just uh, – Right now, the Cubs have a little bit of a player development issue, and that's so that's not always new eyes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, new eyes to that pipeline uh, because you thought that those guys were going to keep turning out prospects. Of course, they weren't going to be drafting high, but still, we're going to be able to find guys and nurture those guys into filling in right. some of these roles and being cheap talent, so that they can still go out and spend some money in free agency, uh, especially or make trades. Uh, during the season to bring in top talent to continue the right. championship run. So yeah, and be, I and be the Cardinals basically. That's that's the right. standard you're trying right. to be with money with real money. Yeah, uh, I want to thank Theo. Uh, he broke two curses so far. He says he does not right now, but he does look at himself doing this a third time as far as running the organization. Uh, but he's not going to do it next year. Uh, he helped he helped the White Sox. Um, because he did it here, and we the, the team at the. I I thought when he was doing, it, I was like, the Sox need to rip this down right now. They should be doing a rebuild as the Cubs doing it. Uh, you don't want to sit there and be what become what happened where you let them rise, even though they were already prominent, but prominent as winners. Right. And you were sucking when you could have both been bad together, right? Like that's that to me made more sense financially. Uh, but maybe they were looking at this; they can, can convince the people to come to their side of town, which they didn't. Um, but yeah, I still want to thank Theo. Because um, he, he's terrific at his job. Uh, there were some failings. There were some mistakes. Um, but you know what? Most people make mistakes that are put in those type of positions. Everything you're not going to hit on. Uh, but so someone who is, is so young, he's just 46, and to have ended Boston's uh, championship drought and then came and did the same thing to Chicago, man, you are a master at your job, and I wish you nothing but the best move forward, dude. Do your damn thing. Yeah. How about here's two meatball comments before we end. How about Theo going to the Bears and then uh, the Cubs go ahead and get Rick Hahn and bring him over? <laughs> you better listen. 
You know what? I wouldn't listen. I'll tell you what. I would be happy for Rick Hahn. Oh, right? baby. I'd be happy for because I'd be like, Jerry did that to you. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you do do it in a listen. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't feel like he's doing it in my face as a, a Sox fan. I'd be like, he's doing that to Jerry because Jerry was disrespectful. Oh, yeah. Jerry disrespected that man by not letting him find the partner that he wanted for what he did with his team. As far as well, the, the team that you let him uh, uh, decide the players on because that's not Rick Hahn's team. Because clearly Jerry decided to let his buddy uh, become the next manager. Uh, but I wouldn't even be mad at Rick Hahn, man. Listen, screw Jerry for what he did to Rick Hahn. It was not right. Uh, he did it to Kenny too. Cause I don't think Kenny was like, yeah, bring it to La Rosa. You know what I'm saying? Like, screw, screw Jerry. I wouldn't listen. I'll tell you this is another point you made. Theo figure out to do something with you know what Theo would do? Hire really good football people. Probably. Right? Probably. That's what Theo would do. Hire really, 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 right. really good. He'd be like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm gonna hire some people that know. Right. Like that's what Theo would would, would basically do. Uh, I wouldn't even look at it as being crazy, but we've seen it. We've seen baseball. Cleveland just had a baseball per, uh, person running an organization um a couple years back. So we we definitely seen it before. Uh but yes, again, shout out to Theo um during the admirable thing. And also shout out to the Rickets too. And I mean I know I shouldn't. But um yeah, they just they fueling what's going yeah. on in this country right uh-huh. now. But you know, I, I, as as ownership, I think it's smart to because everyone knew that Theo was out after next year, and to come to some consensus that what all right, all through all of us come together, what's best moving forward? You're gonna move on. Um, do you think he can handle this? Of course, you we know you think, but let's 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 be candid. What do you think is the best thing, both of you, as far as moving on? You know what I'm saying? And that's how organizations should be run. You know what I'm saying? Instead of just just going through the motions when you know somebody's going to leave. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like Whatever can set us up best moving forward, let's do that instead of just playing footsie in this bitch. All right. Yeah. No, you got to be proactive. Not yeah, you got to be proactive. As, as Branch Ritchie once said, it's better to be a year early than a year late. And also, yeah. who... Who's that color boy over there running so fast? <laughs> Damn, that boy's running quick. <laughs> all, right. all right, all right, all right. Still sticking with our city sports uh, tonight. Uh, when we drop this, this is Tuesday, but we're dropping this on Wednesday. The NBA draft will commence. The, Chicago the only Bulls. bright spot in Chicago right now. No, listen, that, bear, that, bear, that bear spot is getting bright, baby. That bear spot. Listen, when you listen, it's nothing better to see national people blast the bears. I know. It's, it's That's nothing. what gets the gears going up there. Hey, it's like, oh my goodness, no, it's gotten out of the city. <laughs> it's not in Chicago. The bears, damn it, we should be contenders. Uh, but um, the Bulls have the fourth pick. They're under new management. You have. Arturis Karniasovas as the vice president of basketball operations and Mark Eversley as the general manager. This will be their first pick. Uh, there's definitely been rumors that perhaps uh, listen to uh, the basketball podcast on NBC Sports Chicago uh, hosted by uh, one Jason Goff. Uh, there was I was listening to a couple episodes uh, with him and Casey Johnson. And basically one, and that, one was with Will Purdue. One wasn't. One was with uh, Mad Dog. Little Tony was popping in. Shout out to our boy Tony. Definitely going to get him in on the show within a week or so. But um, they were talking about the just how this team is set up and, and basically does uh, Zach Levine fit with uh, Arturis Karnasovas and Mark Eversley, Eversley and what they like necessarily. And it kind of doesn't look like that. Uh, then Tony hit us today and basically said Patrick Williams from Florida State. 
I did a deep Patrick Williams dive today. Very deep, very, very deep. Um, you know what? I kind of like him, but he's not a go-getter offensively. But he's skilled enough. Like, the kid can shoot. All right? I mean, he was the sixth man of the year for the ACC. So he only played 22 minutes a game. He averaged nine points and four rebounds, but that's with only getting 22 minutes a game. He's a freshman. Um, the offense wasn't built around him. He can leap out the gym. His physical build is nice. He's very quick twitchy. His form looks good. He, he I would say the comp, best case scenario, he would end up being uh, slightly more because I think at this point in his career he may. But see, the problem is you never know with Kentucky because they never show us what these kids can really do. Nobody knew that um, – uh, a cat, Carl Anthony Towns was gonna was gonna be that cold from the three, you know what I'm saying? Because or even with um, and I did know this a little bit. I Anthony Davis, I was like that boy can shoot. They don't, he just doesn't shoot in college. Sorry, mm-hmm. I need to drink a little water. Drink it, drink that water in. But his comp basically is Bam Adebayo. That's mm. what his kid's comp is. Is Bam Adebayo? That's like if everything is he the out, same size? As he's Bam? six eight and his wingspan is seven feet. Okay. He's, Bam's probably like 6'10, right? No, Bam's not 6'10. No, not no, 6'10. Because no. if, if you think about it, think about Bam uh being uh, up uh Anthony Davis. And it, it, it's it show you can see you can you saw the height difference right there. Like Bam is definitely can is powerful size, but he's just long as hell. But Bam isn't like a 6'10, 6'11. Guy. Okay. You know what I'm saying? They may listen at max, maybe they list him as 6'9, but he's definitely not 6'10. Um well, definitely so, that small forward area. You could do yeah, better. He's a he combo could do a lot better there. He's a combo forward. Uh, they so they look at him basically. He should be able to switch off on both both forwards. Um, again, I don't know if it's going to be the. You pick, like it if that was the pick? I wouldn't be upset. You know what I'm saying? Because I see. Do you know what the thing is? And it goes back to Matt Nagy. It would depend on how they grow this kid. Now, if oh, they yeah. grow him into what they think. I'd be straight with it. You know what I'm saying? But if they can't, you know, I wouldn't. Of course I wouldn't be fine. But I, I, after, after diving into it, I wasn't upset because, which, like, I thought about Denny. Ad, Ad, what, Ad, say his last name, unfortunately. Ad, Advia. 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 Denny Advia. Uh, the, the the kid from the Israeli. I don't know if he's actually Israeli or not. Uh, yes, but I, I believe so. Okay. So, but, but, but you know, the, the best international player out there right now. Uh, listen, watch some of his tape. I'm really, I was really more impressed with his feel for the game in Advia. But watching Patrick Williams, and it's kind of what, like, this kind of makes me like, make me like Arturis kind of service a little bit more. We know that he has a connection with international players. But to me, if he, cho- if he chooses Patrick Williams over Advia, he's showing that, because they kind of have a similar skill set. They're, you know, even though definitely, I, definitely, uh, both were playmakers. All right. But Advi is m- much more of a guy that you would look at as kind of being a forward that you kind of would let run the floor of the team a little bit. It, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But um, I would think he he would be looking at the higher ceiling guy instead of the floor guy. You know what I'm saying? So like that's because I think Advia has a higher floor than um when you than, than Patrick Williams. You know what I'm saying? Because outside of I me, mean, Patrick Williams is probably a better shooter uh, right now. Yeah, um, I heard Danny is not that good of a shooter. Also, this is another thing about Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams, I believe, shot 82% in college from the free throw line. If you don't know, your free throw shooting says a lot about how you're going to shoot in the pros, right? 
Uh, so this kid is is likes because because Avia only sh- shot fifty two, I believe fifty two percent from the free throw line, right? Which that's yeah, can't be a, a skilled playmaker and not make your free throws, right? Because we're gonna put your ass on the line, right? Um, so uh, looking at that, I, I wasn't upset. Um, part of me wants them to jump up. Listen, I, I guess out of the top three, the guy that I wouldn't want and I used to want him. Uh, this was at the beginning of the year. Before NCAA sent his ass home, uh, James Wiseman, I wouldn't mind LaMelo or Anthony Edwards. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I'm just being honest with you. Uh, I had I had Anthony Edwards was my favorite initially. Um, and I've been on LaMelo, I mean, in general, since I was early on. When like, wait, this kid just drew the 6'7 uh, last year, the year before. I think like me and you, maybe in these basements or something. I was like, no, nah, dude, shut six 6'7 now. It's That's not the same young right. man, you know what I'm saying, from back in uh, black Big Bok Baller days or whatever the damn uh, uh, company name uh, about his father. But, uh, yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't be upset uh, if Patrick Williams is the guy. It was a nice article that Casey Johnson put out there. Uh, talking about it. I, w- I wouldn't be upset, Ryan, because I could see the tools and it would tell me about what this organization is trying to do moving forward. Because it, it seems like a heady pick, but also I wonder if they're sending up smoke screens because what the Bulls are really one of the teams that people don't know what they're going to do. Like, for the most part, until this Patrick Williams thing came out, no one, people said Denny Avia because of where he landed and also the fact that Artyrus Karnasovas has a connection with international players. Uh, but uh, no one had a clear cut sight of what the Bulls were necessarily doing, uh, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. It wouldn't upset me uh, if they went and got Patrick Williams. Do you, um, what's your uh, kind of ultimate situation? If you're the Bulls, you're in that draft room making the call. What do you want for the Bulls? You know what? You know what I would want to be honest with you. I don't know if Billy Donovan would want this. Um, if you would not see, I can't even say that. Because this this draft isn't talented enough, or this draft's ceiling isn't high enough to jump back into it. I don't believe. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't see the talent to where it's like, man, I want two of these mothers. You know what I'm saying? Well, because- what if you could, uh, let's say, jump back in around eleven, twelve, and like a Tyrese Halliburton there, and Killian Hayes might still be there. Is um, that kind of enough to get you want to come back in a little? I'm a Killian Hayes guy, as you you know, with the interview with Matt Peck. Make sure you check out the interview with Matt Peck uh, from Chicago Bulls out from Bulls Outside. I don't know. I keep putting Chicago Bulls in front of Bulls Outsider and Locked On Bulls podcast with uh, Jordan Malley. Um, I don't like. I'm a I'm a Killian guy, uh, so I wouldn't be upset. But what would you give up? Because I couldn't. I can't give up Zach Levine just for picking this draft. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like if I heard this floating. Mm-hmm. What if you could get, and maybe even Matt Matt said this in our interview. Let's say you did go to like the uh, the Rockets or the Warriors, you know, where they want some of these picks. And I don't know if there's somebody around eleven, maybe the Spurs or something, if they wanted to add a Zach Levine because they're trying to win now. What if you got just a young player that you knew what you were getting? He was an NBA player, possible starter. And you get that pick. Um, it would depend on who that. It depend on who that player was, because I would want that player to be. Uh, he has to look like he's going to turn into something kind of special. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't think this draft has top tier talent. 
Now, I don't get paid to scout these kids. Uh, you know, I don't well, have a professional eye. So there, some people may think there's a Giannis, you know what I'm saying, right. in this draft, you know what I'm saying, a guy that you can get down there. And, you know, after a couple of years, the, the situation can turn into where he's an MVP. Uh, I haven't necessarily seen it, but that's also kind of the reason why I don't mind the Patrick Williams thing because, like, the kid is too – the kid – his thighs are kind of thick. Like watching him, I'm like, wait, see how big is he gonna get, right? Um, but I mean, he's quick twitchy, man. Like the kid, doesn't, he don't look bad. I watched a decent amount of tape on him today, as much as I possibly could while I was working. Um, but, but like I said, I did a little bit of a deep dive, and the deep dive made me feel better about necessarily picking him up. I just don't know, Ryan. See, I'll say this: best case scenario, I wouldn't mind a team like Golden State, right? Golden State clearly has to have what a number one pick from the, the from uh, the Wolves moving forward outside of uh, the, the, any pick they got. They had to have it because that Wolves pick is their pick, I believe. And Golden State, look how bad they were. That's that's their pick this year, right? I, I believe that's so. But I, they, I know yeah, when they made like that, that deal for Wiggins, like you're not going to take on, you're not going to trade D'Angelo Russell and take on Wiggins' contract without being given something. I would think in draft capital. So what I'm trying to get to, teams that have a lot of draft capital, um, I will be willing to take on. First, I'll take Wiggins' contract here, right? Just so if you're going to give me like like top ranked uh, uh, picks from the Wolves, because the Wolves aren't going to be good. Like, look, even if this pick hits, that's the West. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're still not going to be in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Chances are, are legitimate they're not going to be in the playoffs. You know, it's like we could damn near run through everybody. All right, the Lakers, the Clippers, right? Um, uh, 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 Denver, uh, Portland, Utah, right? Got to count the Rockets for now. For now. Well, let's leave them out. Let's leave them out. The Suns, right? <laughs> now, who, who are we missing? Uh, let's, not, let's not forget how talented uh, the yeah. Pelicans are. You know, and so, Sacramento also, was just outside. You know who I didn't mention? Memphis. Yeah. Right? So you 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 got to now make listen. They can fight for that eighth slot, like you like you said. Well, let's still put Houston in there. If James Harden is on that team during this season, they're going to be in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? He's going to dude. James Harden's going to average about thirty seven nine points. They're going to be in the playoffs. So, dude, if I can get my hands on some more capital, because next year's draft is supposed to be damn good. Because mm-hmm. I'm not listen. I'm not looking at. I know Bulls fans are like man. I'm ready to start winning. You know what? Unfortunately, you had people put this franchise in bad situations. And I'm not, I don't want our tourist current service and Mark Eversley to look at this as a win now situation when they need to be building a foundation. Now they got a win now coach, and I hope he knows, listen, dude, it may take us about two years before we really get to this cranking, cranking, but I would rather do that. And I want more draft capital into next year's draft. That's what I want. You know, so because again, part of the reason we brought these guys here was for their eye. And I want to I want to use their eyes to bring yes. in quality talent, not not guys that are that, that have three dimensions, but guys that maybe have three that can turn into five or a guy that has four that can turn into five. Like I, I want I want guys that be like, man, you know what? We we can use this player or we know how to get uh, the full the full potential out of this player. That's that's what I'm looking for. So I don't need them to just say this is the last time we're going to be in the lottery. You know, like, I I, I don't. It, now, watching this, if the Bulls have a great se- season, am I going to be upset? No, I'm not going to be upset. You know what I'm saying? But still, let's build the foundation up. Yeah. You know, like, like that, that's, 
Go ahead. When when people say ready to win now, you ain't ready to win. You are not ready to win now unless you've got that dude. Like right. You right. can win some and be in the crappy East and get eliminated. You feel much better about that? Does everyone forget when the Bulls before Derrick Rose hit that level and Tom Thibodeau came in when they were just constantly being bounced by the Cavaliers in the first round? Like, that's what you want? I get it. It's better than this. It's better than this, but you ain't winning until you get that dude. To your point, and let's go back to that, right? Guess what? John Paxson's about to get fired. Right. And think about it. All that talk of man, he brought the Bulls back by bringing these high ceiling guys and Heinrich Dang and Ben Gordon that we had we had we had gotten full off of that and didn't want any more of that that course. You know what I'm saying? We we didn't want any more of it. We wanted more. And it was to the point where the talk was dog, if he didn't land Derrick Rose, that oh. ass was that ass was on the line. So to, to your point, do you remember that? And is that what you want? Because I don't want to be uh, middling. I want to be sensational, especially with basketball. And, you know, oh, like, it's yeah. nothing better than having one of the top five players in basketball on your team and rewinding those crazy-ass highlights. Did he just do – it's nothing better. It's – it's that's imagine, like, oh, my God, this is this is what basketball is really like. And this is for people – or particularly me. I grew up with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen on my team, all right? Like, dude, it was – on WGN, I felt like I was stealing by watching Michael Jordan. I'm like, I, I get this for free, right? Like, that's how I felt. I want to get back to that. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. you, you, as Ryan said, if you don't have that dude, you're not doing very much in the NBA, all right? Because even if you look at a team like the with the 05 Pistons, that team still had top five players at every position, basically. Right. Like that's it's not the same because that's what Pastor thought he was doing with with Dang Heinrich and Gordon. It's no, all right. <laughs> Rip Hamilton was a top five shooting guard. Chauncey Billups, listen, he may have been the only one that was fringy. That may have been maybe six or seven in point guard play, but I can say he was a top five point. But he might have been fringy. Listen, Tayshawn Prince, defensively and offensively, was a top five uh, small forward at that time. That was one right? of the best two way players in the right. NBA. Right, and the way Kentucky, you never knew he was going to be that type of defender when he got to the league. Rasheed Wallace was a freak of nature. Oh, all right, all right. So he listen at, at worst, and this was when the league was full of power forwards. He was the fourth best power forward at least. Yes. But like, if he was the fourth, he at this point he was better than Dirk. All right, this wasn't Dirk that beat the Heat. You know what I'm saying? He was better mm-hmm. than Dirk. You had KG. You had Tim Duncan, who's the center. You know what I'm saying? You had Chris Webber, who had, he may have been hurt. Chris I think Webber he has a micro fracture. Webber was hurt now because he had just come back. Uh, and and play Carmelo well in that fight in that that, that playoffs uh, the first round with Sacramento against uh, the Lakers. So Weber wasn't even the same guy. Just showing you the just the type of talent that you had a power for. And Rasheed Wallace was clearly a top five center there and back in those days, just because of how outrageous his off ball defense was. But I mean, just showing you like they they Joe Dumars except on the blowing up the Carmelo pick, uh, but Joe Dumars, you know, what I'm saying put together a, a, a nice batch of talent. You know what I'm saying? And all you, those you, guys were a shade under an all star. I mean, right? Well, no, they, they, they were all stars. Those, dude, all those guys were all stars. No, uh, the only one that may not have been all star. I don't know if Tayshawn Prince was, but I feel like it was a chance he was. No, 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 all those guys. Maybe not Chauncey. I could be wrong. That's who I'm. Yeah. I'm I could be wrong. Too. But also remember this: they probably had got voted in after Detroit won the, ch- the championship too. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? So then, guys that, like it to your point, you know, maybe Chauncey's four in the East and the top three guys are like mega superstars. But when that mega superstar has one of the bottom five shooting guards next to him, one of right. the bottom five small forwards, it's like that's what makes that team so impressive. If you got top five guys everywhere, it's like going to the Y and just seeing those like <laughs> practical professional dudes just running each game. Right, right, right. So like again, uh, I, I want to see what this new front office with clean eyes who are actually professionals. Now they they didn't have these jobs before, but they're actually been professionals and organizations that have nothing to do with the Bulls or having a connection with the Bulls, which has always been a prerequisite for a Jerry Reinsdorf hire damn near. Uh, so I, I want to see that. So I'm not, I don't need this to be a, a flash done in a flash. Uh, I, like I said, I want to get back in the next year's draft. Um, so, you know, I will be interested in seeing uh, somebody, uh, you know, making some type of move. I'm not the biggest window guy as Matt and Tony are, uh, Tony Gill. Um, Cause I think one, he may be injury prone and two, I haven't seen the defense that he showed in his rookie season to a certain degree. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm, I don't look at Wendell Carter as being untouchable. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't like, he's, he's just not that off the charts freaky, you know, like if he was, listen, Wendell Carter could be the same dude. If he was literally like leaping out the gym, I'd be like, keep Ooh, that motherfucker. Yeah. Right, I'd be like, keep Tyrus Thomas into it. Yeah, like, yeah. If he was just freakish, right? Like, whoa, this kid is crazy. Yeah, I'd be like, keep keep him. Definitely keep him. You know what I'm saying? But I don't I don't see it. Uh look at Laurie have, having more talent than uh Wendell, but Wendell definitely having way more fire. You know, Laurie, his his engine runs low. It it burns slight. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't well, be upset. That's why for me, like what we talked about with Matt yesterday, uh, I loved how he pointed out point guard. Like I would, it would be great, even though I'm not the biggest LaMelo guy, but if he fell to them somehow, man, I would love that pick. Like yeah. just to get a playmaking dude that is legit with his vision and his passing, like maybe that's the kind of stuff that wakes Laurie marketing up and some of these so. other guys. And then all of a sudden, you've got a decent little bed of players, and you might still have a lottery pick next year. We'll see. I mean, maybe they can contend for a spot because the East is weak. But we thought that they might contend this year. It wasn't even close to contending. So you might be right back in the lottery, but with a, a like almost like the Pelicans when they're in the lottery where you're thinking, man, they got a decent little group here, and now you're getting this piece. And like you said – Next year, they're talking mega draft, mega prospect draft. So if you're in the lottery for that and you get some really nice pieces and get your kind of foundation set for this next superstar draft pick to come in, you know, maybe you at worst are the Clippers ready for Kawhi and Paul George. Dude, real quick before we switched up for grabs, I can remember playing in my friend's backyard uh, we play basketball almost every day, particularly in the, in the summertime. And for some reason, he's he's taking a shot. He was like the point guard for us. He's taking shots and he's screaming out, Shaquille O'Neal, right? Mind you, I hadn't seen Shaq at LSU. But I went back and asked him, I was like, wait, all Shaquille O'Neal do is dunk. Why the hell are you screaming Shaquille O'Neal, right? But the thing is, Shaq coming into the NBA was like, oh, my goodness, right? Like, oh, my Lord, Right. So Orlando, this fl- fl- uh, fledging franchise, uh, gets Shaq, 
Um, they get him. They had a fine line that Nick Anderson was already on the team. They had uh, Scott Skiles as their point guard, a tough honorary SOB. Um, and they, they have Shaq. And Shaq plays well enough to, I believe, I believe they were 39 and 43. I think they were a game out of the playoffs, right, in his rookie season. They were one game, I believe, from making the playoffs, right? F around and Pat Williams' ass, uh, the lucky charm who used to be a part of the ownership, I believe. I don't know if he was the vice, he might have been vice president of the Magic back then. They hit on the damn lottery again and get the number one pick a year after getting Shaq at number one. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. And that, listen, that 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 was Shaq, Alonzo Mourning, Sean Bradley, Christian Leitner, just to tell you some some names. So if you would have got second and you end up getting Zoe, you were straight. Just to let you know the talent. They sit there, hit number one the year that Chris Weber is coming out as a sophomore. All right. Shaq talks them into flip. Nah, don't do that. Trade down and get Penny. Right. But basically they had the number one pick. Right. They trade. They flip flop with Golden State and they end up with Penny and Shaq. And they didn't suck Shaq's first year, really. So that's even to a certain degree. That's kind of even what we're saying. If you can sit there, get a good a good foundation pick this year. Show us some 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 highlights and direction that you're moving to and then get that that piece. And now it's like, all right, lottery time is over. You know what I'm saying? Now it's time to let's look for some guys to fill around these guys that we got. You know what I'm saying? Like, then let's start talking. So best case scenario, that would be the best thing to play out with the Bulls moving forward in the future for me. Yeah, I I would love to see it. Like, again, if the worst thing that they can do is get a legit number two and three on a championship team and you're just missing the one, I'll take that. Because you yep. can't, I believe the Bulls can sign a free agent. I do believe it, even though there's no history and it has never happened ever. But I think that they can do it. It just, you got to build that bed where people want to come here. Well, someone looks at it and be like, you know what? If they had me, man, we'd be winning titles. Yeah. You don't like, well, like, it's like that. that's simple. Like right, right. Yasmani Grandal to the White Sox. Like it was like no brainer. This team is about to go somewhere. This is where I want to be geographically based on where I've been living. Let's do it. Like mm-hmm. Giannis, calling Giannis next year. Yeah, but listen, I don't think they make those moves uh, that they made uh, yesterday uh, that the, the Milwaukee made for uh, Holiday and Brogdanovich. I don't think they made those without uh, know how to Giannis is staying and he's about to sign that mega stitch. Giannis, remember, Giannis was digging in trash cans pouring grease, right? And you have to say, man, listen, the league is going to go through some financial problems because, uh, you know, we may not be able to have any fans in here. And you got what uh, 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 the, the owner of the Golden State Warriors talking about spending $30 million to have rapid tests so they can have at least half capacity of that brand new stadium. Think about it. They got a brand new stadium that they pay for themselves and they can't use. Right. Like, it's like, dude, I'm trying to get back to getting in the black. You know what I'm saying? We're in the red, red. We trying to get back. Like at least Jerry, listen, at least Jerry Jones has some, a few years of using the Jerry dome to get, try to get back into the black. You know what I'm saying? But you got this, mm-hmm. this, this, this building, like maybe $5 billion, but billion dollar stadium they built. And they didn't use any public funds. And it's time. Listen, I want to make some money. So when you when you when you when you're looking at that and Giannis to, to the point, I don't know if Giannis is going to be like, man, I'm about to play around and try to try to uh, see if I win a championship. Like, hey, 
you know, uh, we can give you 200 of them bad boys right effing now. So, again, and the Milwaukee looks like they may be good. I mean, they, they've, they've been good. But, I mean, what have we always said about um, – um, What's the, uh, the, 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 the number two? What's the, what's the small four from Milwaukee? I'm really blanking out today. Uh, oh, Chris Middleton. Thank you, Chris Middleton. We've always been like, dude, that's a three. Like, Chris Middleton is not – and I, I don't know if Drew Holiday is truly a number two, two, even though, I mean, look at his numbers. Shorty average 19 and like six this past Apparently, year. Apparently, if you ask all these NBA players on the record who's like the best – not named like who's the best player that nobody talks about. Everybody mm-hmm. supposedly says Drew Holiday. Yeah, Drew Holiday gave you that business. Um, remember him giving it to the Bulls when he was in Philadelphia. But um, yeah, you got you have a dog. My sister's dog. Okay. Um, she totally threw me off. <laughs> still, when you when you look at that now. And because it looked like they weren't going to be able to do be able to do anything, especially uh, letting uh, uh, Malcolm Brogdon go. Uh, but now it's like, OK, y'all got y'all got a few things. Also, see, that the, another thing they have now, they have pieces to move. See, the, when you're in a, a, a city or state where it, 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 unfortunately we're in the same situation, but it's not a destination where players want to play. you got to have assets to trade. Now you have two more assets with three because Milton. So now you now you got assets to try to move around if this doesn't work. Like Giannis, I know it doesn't work. We're gonna get so and so and so and so because this, this team wants these two assets from us. You know what I'm saying? So uh, you never know. You know what I'm saying? You you never know. I would love if Giannis would come here. I feel like it's the same like LeBron. Like it would have been crazy if LeBron uh, left Cleveland and came to Chicago. You know why it would have been crazy, too? Because that would have made basketball the mecca in Chicago. True. But the point that I'm trying to make is we know how these Midwestern cities envy Chicago or have disdain for Chicago because we the shit. Right. And if if you left Cleveland and came here, Cleveland fans would have been – it would have been much worse than going to Miami. Right? And now if if Giannis leaves Milwaukee and goes to Chicago – Oh, please, I need this. I need this in my life. Milwaukee would just shut down. <laughs> I'd be party of Milwaukee. I'd just have my junk out colored in bulls gear. <laughs> wriggling on down. Your city sucks. <laughs> you know, so I think that makes it even harder. But yeah, I would love uh, definitely for Giannis to be here. But you know what time it is, though. 